Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I believe this is episode 189 of the show. Nate Max and your host Holy here with you. Holy fuck. 189? 189. And I'm along there, you hear him. My brother Aaron is here. What's up, bitches? And Mr. Mark Brew as well. How you doing, hoes? And the- <laughs> <laughs> bitches ain't shit, but hoes and pretty <laughs> this week on the show, we are going down Texas way into the world-class championship wrestling territory. And we're not going into world-class championship wrestling territory when it was good from like 82 to 85, maybe into 86. No, no, we are into 1987 this week on the show. and We are going to be discussing the per- the fourth annual they're the fourth annual Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions. Exploitative much? Yeah, how many of those fucking <clears throat> guy? Um, sorry. It, it, it uh, the show itself. Just to show you the, I, I, and I guess I'll start out with it. One of the things that has always baffled me, especially about these later sh- shows for world class. Is and I know Fritz probably got a deal on the arena or on the stadium or something, but why? Why would you put on this? Sh- Did he really think that at some point he was going to put together a show that was going to draw that looked good in that stadium? Because it looks pathetic. It looks pathetic on TV to be in that huge ass stadium with so many empty seats. It why wouldn't does. you just why wouldn't you just do this show in a smaller arena where you could like 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 Vince did? You know, Vince even when his when his uh attendance was low he would still at least try to make it look and sound like he had a big audience yeah but but see like if you look at the show and i'm not even disagreeing with you but if you look at the show as the show goes on the crowd gets bigger yeah but still but still vince was smart enough to be like oh well people aren't Coming to the garden, so we're gonna go to the fern gardens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, people aren't coming to the fucking uh, um, Philadelphia Philadelphia Spectrum anymore. So we're gonna go to like, like you were saying, like it's like in- Egypt in Texas, like that. Just as as an example, for for example. That that arena in um, the arena they did raw from a lot in Poughkeepsie, and the one in Utica. Those two buildings were smaller buildings, but the way the seating was and everything, it still looked good on TV. It was still it still looked sold out. Still looked like it was a big crowd. Yeah, and, you know? and and he would take all of those people or his production people and say, okay, this part of it's not sold out, so let's flip everybody over here. Yeah, and we're just gonna film it from there, and. It's not even Vince. Eric did that shit too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, all right, let's just put everybody over here. Say, come sit down in the in the bucket seats or in the like, you know. Yeah, but well, at that, at that WWE and AEW do it today. Right at that point, you don't fucking use multiple camera angles though. And if you do use a different cam- camera angle, it should be one where you can. Have the crowd in it, but not see all the empty space. Right. Yeah. It's like Put everybody in this fucking pocket and be like, oh, right. 
we know you bought that cheap seat, but come on down because we're gonna we're gonna make it right for you. You know, not right. Fritz though. The nope. text, just to put it in perspective, I'm looking on Wikipedia here. The attendance for this show is five thousand nine hundred. Oh, that's definitely doctored. And it's in Texas Stadium. Remember, five thousand nine hundred. The capacity for Texas Stadium was sixty-five thousand six hundred and seventy-five. So there you go. <laughs> Nobody cared about Mike. And actually, there's probably more capacity when it, with a wrestling event. You know, this is probably the capacity for football. So with a, with a wrestling event, you could add more chairs. So essentially, you have a higher capacity and a lower audience. But yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. A bunch of fucking dipshits is what we were dealing with. There are, yes, you are absolutely right. And I know we're talking about this show in 1987. It's May of 87. There are highlights for World Class Championship Wrestling. This is not it. Like I said, I enjoy World Class from watching World Class from around late 82 until mid to late 86. Um, and yes, Fritz was still doing ex exploitative things. He did them from the moment pretty much David Von Eric died. And that's something that you can talk about. We could debate about, or I think we probably said to death in this show about Fritz. Well, if but, this uh, was a tribute to me, I'd come back from the grave to whoop his ass. <laughs> just saying. If that was a tribute to me, I'd come back from the grave just to whoop his ass. I'm pretty, and, sure, and I'm pretty sure I put Fritz in the Hall of Shame. Probably. But, I mean, to be honest... Yes, and again, like I said, he did exploitative things, you know, capitalizing on the deaths of his children and his his awful heart attack angle and blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, uh, Vince has done hundreds of exploitative things in his career. Um, well, at least you know, I'm, I'm just... And funny. <laughs> and he was the one that got the comeuppance of it. Usually, usually. Fritz was always trying to be like the guy that was, oh, I had the heart attack, but now I'm going to come up and I'm going to beat Bundy because I had my heart attack. Well, I'm just saying this isn't I, this is this isn't me trying to I, I'm not trying to defend Fritz in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying he's not a unique snowflake here. I mean, and I'm not this is also not a show about Vince either. I'm just making a comparison. You know, I mean, probably over the edge 1999 should have been stopped. You know what I mean? Like. Decisions were made. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure if um, seven other seven other people would have fell out of this fucking scaffolds or whatever, he'd been like, "Yeah, we should probably stop it." <laughs> this is true too. <laughs> and well, if, that been, if that would have been his child, he'd probably been like, "We probably shouldn't sell tickets to the funeral." This is true. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I was just on Eric. Well, speaking of Fritz, we're going to go to his promotion here, and here it is: the Parade of Champions, 1987. Aaron says it is the parody of champions. The parody of champions. Fuck Fritz von Eric. Hashtag. Fuck him. I hate that guy. Hashtag. I hope he burns. All right, we get it. 
<laughs> Hashtag we get it. <laughs> Mark Lawrence is in his pimp shades here to start out the, the show. Um, that's my first thing that I put down. Mark Lawrence in pimp shades. I like um, Mark Lawrence. I, I do too. I do too. Um, I always thought he was a competent ring announcer and a competent play-by-play guy. Yep. I actually yeah. like him better than Bill Mercer. Ugh. That's so... I, okay, how, I like I like I like Mark Lawrence calling the action. Like Bill Mercer to me is more like Mean Gene. Like I like watching yeah. Bill Mercer interact with the wrestlers, but I would rather Mark Lawrence be on play by play. If yeah, that makes it, sense, that makes sense. Like like him in the arena while this shit's happening is better than Bill. But Bill Mercer's. Oh yeah, Bill Mercer at the at the free at the Freebirds house. Bill Mercer at the Freebirds house, or out hunting with the Von Erichs, or he went down the fucking slide and all that shit. Yeah, it's much better. The opening match of this show, oof, and this tells you the state of world class at this time because one of the participants here. Black Bart is a former world class heavyweight champion. Yeah, and they accentuate that multiple times. Like you're trying to tell me that this promotion is so great that this fucking slack jawed monkey is the <laughs> former world champion. It's like, eh, whatever. We got we got Black Bart and Jack Victory with Percy Pringle and Jack Victory's haircut was terrible on this show um, <laughs> against Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne and Scott Casey. So, Mark, <clears throat> this is my two my two notes on this whole match. Was this a battle for who had the worst hair in the business or the most hamburger meat on their chest? <laughs> and Matt Bourne looked like Doctor Death's mini doppelganger. <laughs> Doctor on life support. <laughs> yeah. Dr. The Doctor Doink. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Doink. <laughs> um, the match. It isn't great. It isn't terrible, but it isn't great. Um, everybody in the match is a competent wrestler. Black no, Bart. Three Black of Bart. Them. That's, three of that, them. Are good. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. I would put one of them out of that competent. The reason, the reason, the reason I say Black Bart is a competent worker is because Black Bart was a competent enhancement talent in the WWF. He's not a world championship caliber wrestler, but there's a reason when there's a reason certain enhancement talent gets to be on the card a lot, and that's because people want to work with them. So I will give him I will give him marks in that he is a competent worker. Um, but not at not at a high level, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, probably, he sucks balls. This is probably the <laughs> most we've ever talked about Black Bart, and the most we ever will talk about Black Bart. I was about to say, yeah, that shit won't happen to us. <laughs> I am not a fan of Scott Casey. I like Scott Casey. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Scott Casey. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Just and again. It's not for me. It's not a oh, this guy stinks or anything. It's just this guy doesn't even remotely get on my radar at all. We we talked about him uh, during the PWI five hundred. He's kind of what you said about Black Bart. 
that I think he's never going to be like a main event star or even a middle card guy, but he's a capable worker that could have a good five minute match with somebody like Brett or Kurt on like a superstars or whatever. Like, and Jack victory, Jack victory is the same way. And, and Matt Bourne is, or was a super talented guy that his own demons got in his way. The only thing that got in the way of Black Bart was the fact that he was a fat, sloppy son of a bitch that should have never been on TV. The, um, the, sorry, <laughs> Scott Casey actually had a little small run in the WWF um, in like late 87. I think it was late 87 because I think he's at the Survivor Series, the first Survivor Series, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he did, he had like enhancing. He had matches where he was the non-enhancement talent on like prime time. Well, to wrap up this matchup, like I said, and, the match and, and, and homosexual Bobby Heenan is managing them. Yes, I did mention that. Percival Pringle the third <laughs> is here in all his greatness. Um, it's so weird seeing him with that blonde hair. <laughs> he was so good. So good. It's like because when you see him, you just got that imprint of Paul Bear, and it's like the fuck is going on here. <laughs> he is the only other than one other guy. He is the only I shouldn't say one other guy, one of the only two people on this entire show that is a national talent. If that makes sense. Like worldly talent is Percy Pringle. You say on the show? Yeah, on the show. He is the one guy or one of the three guys on this entire show that I'm like, this dude is a talent that you could put on national TV. Okay. I have, I have, I have. I would say I would have four to five, but we can have yeah, that would be an interesting okay. part of this. We'll see. But anyway, to wrap up this match, we've talked about it long enough. Matt Bourne pins Black Bart with a power slam. I, I put it with a power slam out of nowhere, like an RKO, and ends this debacle. And our next match, oof, Killer Tim Brooks and Steve Dahl. My first note, is I, ne I never noticed until watching this show that Steve Dahl looks like he's Stevie Richards' older brother. He's also Steve Dunn from Well Done. Yes. Did you know that? Yes. So this is Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> They're wrestling under the neon moon. Eh, sorry, the sun was up. I, my joke doesn't work, but... Hold on. You got what as match number two? Tim, Tim Brooks and Steve Dahl. Killer Tim Brooks versus Steve Dahl. That's match six on mine. <laughs> well, because you don't know math. Did you watch? Uh, did, you watch did, you, did you watch the same video we watched? <laughs> I watched it on the Peacock in the multiple episodes. Oh, so, no. I watched. I watched the YouTube version. Yeah. 
here up north, we got the YouTube. I have the YouTube too, fucker. <laughs> I sent you that next show that we're gonna cover on on the YouTube link. Uh, the you the YouTube. I like the YouTube. Just like when people say I'm going to the Walmart. We don't now, watch yeah, it on the Wally World. Yeah, we call that Wally World here too, but we don't watch it on the and so, <laughs> so do me a favor, Mark. What's that? <laughs> look up, yeah. look up real quick. Steve Dahl. We're gonna uh, make him watch the entire show before we come in on it. No, oh, I watched the match. It was just in a different order on. Uh, no, I, I'm saying, look up Steve Dahl, an image of Steve Dahl, and tell me if you think I'm right about the fact that he looks like Stevie Richards' older brother. You said Stevie Richards' older brother? Yeah, he looks like he's Stevie Richards' older brother. He looks like, kind of, but the first impression that I get is, when the fuck did Dr. Tom Pritchard not have so many curls? (laughs) (laughs) This match is not good. Um, And I actually like Steve Dahl. Um, I like the well done tag team. Yeah. Yeah, well um, done is a good tag team. But uh this match like isn't good in WCW though. <laughs> the, this <laughs> match isn't good, but what I will say is that um apparently Steve Dahl's mom was in the audience because there's... because throughout the entire match there's a woman going, Come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's two notes that I had on this. It was, uh, at first I had to do a double take on Steve Dahl because at first it looked like Cheeto Santana was in the ring with some rocker pants on. Uh, and the other thing was the only killer thing about Tim Brooks is that kill, killer balding that he has going on. It's another guy that as much as I've watched like Texas wrestling and stuff, just... Can't get into it. You know what? Apparently for his for his time down there, like he was an overheel and everything, but I just can't. I don't see it. He would have been perfect for the Skinner gimmick. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> perfect. Like Tim, I I there's um uh people that like him and and Nate, don't get me wrong, wasn't or isn't um friend of the We Can't Wrestle podcast um network. Was Barry Rose a fan of him? No. No. Not that, that I know of. I'm thinking of. Okay. It doesn't matter then. Tim Brooks sucks. So good. We can say that. Tim Brooks was trash. I didn't yeah. like him. Only thing killer about him was the, the killer bald spot he had going on. Both of Tim Brooks is like a pedophile. I'll just say it. The next match. Well, Steve Dahl wins this match. I know, and the commentator says something that's super funny. Or not the commentator, the announcer. And it's Steve Lawrence, right? Um, n- no, it's uh, uh, Bill Mercer. Or no, you mean the ring announcer or the announcer? The ring announcer. Oh, yeah, Mark Lawrence, yes. I'm going to have to bounce around on this one because obviously I got the fucked up uh, order here. 
because I watched it on Peacock and you watched it on YouTube. But but Mark Lawrence, after the one, two, three, uh, that Dahl hits, he goes, Steve Dahl with the small package. Yeah. <laughs> and then Steve Dahl's probably just standing like, really? Steve Dahl's like, hey, not hey. in front of my mother. It's not even that cold out. (laughs) We're in the sweltering heat of Texas. Good shit, pal. Small shit, pal. The next match is the Grappler versus Cousin Junior. Yes, it is the the Grappler versus Cousin Junior. Cousin Junior has recently... Has recently left the World Wrestling Federation as he was part of the Hillbillies faction, I believe, in the WWF. Well, that would that would have been eighty four eighty six. Hell, I don't know. They had hillbillies all over pro wrestling. There's everybody hillbilly in every territory. Yeah, no, they've been wrestling in the South since way back when. (laughs) Back back before they got the YouTubes. Yeah. Before well, YouTube, this little shit kicker, he came right out of the WWF. Who, cousin Junior or the grappler? Cousin Junior. Yeah, he looked like uh, he really Jim's illegitimate son. I didn't write much about the match. I do, I do like, and this is not necessarily this match, but just from the world class that I've watched over the years. I am a fan of the grappler. I do like him. Um, Nate, do you know who else you like? Who? That um, stole a gimmick from the grappler? Stole it from the grappler? Yeah. Who? Raven. Hmm? Raven stole one of the grappler's gimmicks, and guess what he stole? But it's still the lifted boot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Well, he would have, he would have been a fan because Grappler was a big deal in Portland, yeah, at one, at one time. Because in the match, they even mentioned that Grappler has has the lifted boot, and then Raven stole that shit because Raven, because Levy was, he was, um, I don't want to say it. Uneven footed is that a word? I don't know, but I might not be stating it right. But Scott Levy had to have a lifted boot because he didn't have. You know what I'm saying? You you can edit this out. Yes, but basically, that's why you shouldn't get drunk before the show. Well, I'm I'm not drunk right now. What I'm saying is. Uh, like Raven's right foot and left foot weren't perfect, the same size, right. and and neither were Grapplers, and they sold it with "I'm gonna have the lifted boot" because, yeah, yeah. But I didn't even read. I didn't even put two and two together there. Um, you didn't have no notes on this match. Who me? Yeah. Um, actually, no. My notes are: I do dig the grappler, and Ju- uh, cousin Junior wins with a big fat splash. Well, see, have- maybe, maybe you, Nate, maybe you should 
get drunk before you do these shows. So you can understand that Raven knew that Graveler had an uneven foot and stole his gimmick. If I was drunk, I'd have forgot it if I knew it. <laughs> but I knew it now, and I'm drunk and remembered it. <laughs> well, then we, we we obviously have reverse touche for Aaron being a smart one. <laughs> um, and Uncle Junior hit an cousin, not uncle. Cousin Junior. If you wouldn't get Wrong drunk on the man. show, you would know he's a cousin and not an uncle. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure man. he fucked his sister, so he became her uncle. Something about a bronco. Somebody say something about a bronco. Bronco Jr. hit an amazing flying head scissors in this match. Yeah, he did. For a big guy, that was pretty impressive. Uh, The three (laughs) notes that I had on this was that Cousin Jr. looked like as soon as he was done with the match that he had a shindig and a hoedown to get to. Um. Also, he also he, he also look like he also looks like he smells like French fries for sure for sure. <laughs> and if he would have kicked me with those Guatemala ground grabber feet, this would have been a shoot. <laughs> this fucking show is stupid. And the referee seemed like he was in better shape than both the combatants. <laughs> but yeah, cousin Junior wins this debacle. Like I said, I'm not. I like the grappler. Actually, grappler to something you were saying about Percy earlier, Aaron. Maybe not in maybe not in the nineties, but in in the seventies and eighties, I can see the grappler. I would say he's a, he could be a major TV wrestler. So I'd put him in that category. Indeed, <laughs> the dumbest show we've ever done. <laughs> as long as you're aware, I'm aware. The next match is Red River Jack, which is Bruiser Brody under a mask. Oh, my God. And Spike Huber. Of course, Red River Jack is essentially the world-class's version of the Midnight Rider storyline. Red River Jack and Spike Huber versus Abdullah the Butcher and Eli the Eliminator. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say they have Gary Hart and uh, Mr. Holiday in their corner. I'm going to say this. I'm a Bruiser Brody fan. Okay. Indeed. But I think Red River Jack looks like a fucking moron. Yeah, and the fact that, like, before the match really got even good and started, he was already bleeding through the mask kind of threw me. Yeah, he looks like a tampon. Yeah. It's like it's just absorbing more of the blood, and and, and I, I was thinking to myself, was this where that number ten gimmick came from in AEW? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this too. I don't know if you guys knew this, and I mean it doesn't matter. The reality of it, it doesn't matter. But Spike Huber was Dick the Bruiser's son-in-law. I don't know if you knew that or not. Nah. Yeah, he, he, he worked in the... He's from Indianapolis. No wonder he and, went by Spike Huber and not something Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he is, he is Dick the Bruiser's son-in-law. He got actually got his start in, in, in Indiana. Um, Where was he, he at, 88? Dick the Bruiser? No, his son-in-law. Where was he in 88? I don't know. Well, in 87, he was in this fucking stadium. He wasn't protecting his fucking goddamn father-in-law, I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> what notes do you got on the match? <laughs> um, well, what I my my main note on this match is this is a this is essentially an Abdullah the Butcher versus Bruiser Brody match. Yeah, with these other two goofs just there to make it a tag team match because essentially that was what this was. This is Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher. Um, the other guys get you know they get in once in a while. And they're involved in the finish and stuff. But they, like I said, this is just, this is Bruiser versus Abby, you know. And Eli and Spike Huber are just there to be there. This Eli the Eliminator guy, I don't know his story. I don't know. <laughs> um, I only had two notes on this match. It said, uh, I don't know which set of tits were bigger on Abdullah, the front or the back. Oh, he's got, he's got super front butt. <laughs> and... He didn't have to hide his weapon in his pants. He could have picked a roll and it probably would have stuck. <laughs> now, but he's got rolls in his rolls. <laughs> exactly. You got to pay the tolls. So he had rolls. He, gotta pay. <laughs> he, he didn't have to shove that damn fork and all <laughs> inside his britches. He could have he just picked the roll, stuck that guy, and he'd have been good. <laughs> yeah. And Rolls Butcher oh. is a human um, old country buffet. <laughs> or or in uh, more modern terms uh golden corral <laughs> he looks like the chocolate fountain <laughs> i started going into i'm sorry earlier i started going into men in tights or rolls a roll and tolls a toll and uh, anyway, <laughs> you're right. Aaron. I, I was thinking that though. <laughs> after he took that damn, after he took that damn. Am I wrong? This is the fucking stupidest <laughs> show. This is the stupidest show we've ever heard. done. <laughs> this subject matter is so bad. I only have one good thing to say throughout this whole fucking show, so you know it was shit. I actually, I actually am a fan of watching Bruiser and Abby, so I, I didn't mind the, I didn't mind this match to be honest with you. It just, yeah, I knew you like Spike Huber. Well, I mean, when I, whenever I saw the Red River Jack thing, I thought two things: either that's Bruiser or that's Billy Jack Haynes. I just thought human tampon. Yeah. The. I, what I don't understand, the finish of this was stupid, too. Well, the entire fucking match was stupid. Right, but they they did this whole spot where Spike Huber gets screwed out of pinning Eli. And then, and then, and then, <laughs> and then, like, 14 seconds later, he pins the guy anyway. Like, why did you even do the, like, the... Because out of the pit nobody spot. cares. <laughs> that yeah. one lady does about Steve Dahl. <laughs> it's like, look, it's like coming to see a build of the butcher was like going to see the bearded lady at the circus. You really didn't give a fuck, but you just had to see it. Yeah, it's an attraction. Yes, absolutely. Right. This was definitely the land of the misfit toys here. <laughs> well, because because Red River Jack. And Spike Huber win this ridiculous match. Red River Jack gets five minutes with Gary Hart. And I am a big fan of Gary Hart. But Gary Hart wins. Ricky Flair. Hmm? Yeah, you're right. And that's stupid. Like, the heel manager's team loses, so then he gets five minutes 
with fucking human tampon and then Gary Hart beats human tampon. It's like that's I could have went the rest of my life without seeing him without his fucking shirt on, though. You know what's worse? That's the thing nightmares are made of. Speaking of the saying though, yeah, yeah. I agree. The heel team if if the heel team's gimmick is that if they lose, then the faces get their chicken shit heel manager. Then the big titty manager shouldn't fucking get the advantage, but he does. This whole fucking thing is fucking stupid. I did make a connection here, though. Gary Hart looked like the guy from Scary Movie grabbed my strong hand with a bald head. Uh, 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 Chris Chris Elliott. Yeah, Chris Elliott. I was thinking who Chris Elliott was. The um, Instead of we need more cowbell, Aaron needs more alcohol. The 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 five minutes with the wrestler stipulation. The only time that I've seen it done worse, it was actually done worse by the WWF. And you're right, Aaron. If Gary Hart gets has to do the five minutes with Red River Jack, the payoff should be that he gets his ass kicked, and that's that. Exactly. The only time the only time I've ever done he's seen that stipulation done worse was when the WWF did it once. And they've done it multiple times, but one time. It's also a stipulation, if you're going to advertise it, you should probably deliver on it, especially on a pay-per-view, right? Yeah. WrestleMania 12, they had that stipulation with Cornette where if his team lost, he was going to have to get it be in there with, for five minutes with Yokozuna, and his team won. You shouldn't have put that stipulation on that match if you didn't intend to pay off that stipulation because yeah, that should swerve. Yeah, because then you cheat. But fans. you don't. But you shouldn't. It, WrestleMania is not the place to do that. I like it. No, because know. you know people are going like to just to see Cornette get his ass whooped. I like it against Swerve though. Yeah, good Swerve's good every now and then. Because then you thought, oh well, oh whoa, they didn't lose. That that's believable. I still you know say I mean? it. I still, I still say I'm just not a fan. I, I thought they should have delivered. And we're talking about a completely different show nine years later. So I'll go. That just my, tells you how bad this fucking show sucked because you ramble on to another show in yeah. hopes that it's something worth talking about. <laughs> well, can I give you my notes on the next match? What's the next match? El Madrill versus Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris has a cross body. One, two, three. Well, I, I have an, I have another note. I actually I actually got popped by Al Madrill in this match. Like I actually popped for it because uh, Mill Maskers puts him in a in a um, um, abdominal stretch, and he goes, "Hi, yeah, 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 yeah." <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking great, man! That was awesome." He was like, "Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah." I didn't even watch it because it was a Mill Maskers match. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is you know the only what? match that I had anything good to say about. You know, Legit, it, it, I, my, it, my comment on this was this is the first match I was actually somewhat into, and it actually had some athletic spots in it. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I don't I get I get why people like as far as like his 
I guess his personality or whatever goes, but I've never seen where hate for mill comes from. He's not, he's, he's a perfectly competent wrestler and he no, was obviously did, over. They did a great job telling somewhat of a story in the ring. And I that's mean, the only match I, that I could say throughout this whole fucking shit show that, that this actually happened for me. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It, and I like the match too, but I just, I noticed that a lot of, and I don't know if maybe it's the age group. Maybe it's just because a lot of people in our age group haven't seen. No, he seven. fucking sucks. No, he no he doesn't. No, nah. no he doesn't. That that's, that was a completely redundant statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, he fucking sucks. No, he doesn't. How? Why? Why does he suck? Did you? You did because did you he because he watched because, the match. Because he, he can because he could watch a lot of his matches and he fucking sucks. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I will I mean, say, I will say, I don't. I if, like everything I read about him as far as being as far as a personality goes. He's not a he's not a swell fella, right? But I just, right. I don't, I don't. I've never gotten the hate on him as a wrestler. I don't. He's I don't, not somebody I'd want to kick back shots of tequila with. But <laughs> the match did not suck. This was the only athletic match on this whole fucking card that I actually somewhat enjoyed. Like it, it wasn't like my top ten greatest matches of all time. But give me this whole shit show and put that match in there, and this is the one thing I enjoyed. Okay. The I'm not, I'm not gonna argue with people. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not gonna argue with people they like, but I'm just gonna say, no. It's not a it, hey, hey, listen, not, listen. No, everybody's there's, entitled to their opinion, and That's there's the a di- there's a difference. It. There's a difference between an argument and a debate. So it's right. fine. We can debate. That's fine. Like, but if you watch this match and didn't say this was the most athletic thing you've seen all night, you obviously didn't watch the show closely. This guy fucking sucks, and I hate him. Um, but like Aaron said, Masteris wins this match with a high cross body. Um, and I'm gonna. I, I I guess Mark and I are in agreement. This was a good match. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It it was the most passable thing I've seen on this whole card. The next match is for the world class, world class, world heavyweight championship. Because by this point, WCCW had left the NWA; they were no longer associated with the NWA, so they were the World Class Wrestling Association. Did I say this? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. But this guy they're going to talk about, not Nord, but this guy is the guy that I would tell you is the best wrestler on the entire show. It's Kevin. Yeah, I know. I'm just looking. I was looking up and down the the thing to see is there somebody in here that I would think is. A better because I do. I also think he's. I actually he's my favorite Von Eric brother, but and, um, and, and maybe not necessarily my favorite wrestler on the entire show. But I think this match is the best wrestling match on the entire show. And this is how yeah. I fucked up because I watched it on Peacock, and I'm and I probably got like three more matches than y'all do. <laughs> So I watched some extra. No, shit. no, you don't. You don't. There's more stuff after this. Oh, gotcha. This match. This match wasn't the last match on the card. 
so it, so, it was so, on, uh, in the sequential order that they did it on them shows. So let me rephrase what I was saying. He's not my favorite wrestler on the entire show, but just basic solid wrestling match. This is my favorite wrestling match on the show. And that's because the Fantastics had to be in a scaffold match, and scaffold matches suck. But that, we'll get to that match. There. But we're going to get there. We'll get but, there. I but fucking hate scaffold matches. But anyway. I hate I have notes on that. But um, just basic wrestling match. This is my favorite one on the show. Well, I it's, mean, it's Kevin yeah. Von Eric versus North the Barbarian. It's a basic wrestling match. And it told a good story, and I enjoyed it. I only had two notes on this whole thing on that match was I would have liked to see an ending to this one and that the Barbarians' curls were fucking luxurious. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason you didn't get a good ending to this is it, context. The, the feud continues after this. So I, mean, I, under, I understand yeah. that, but damn, this is a tribute to your brother. At right. least have a knockdown, drag out, double disqualification or something like that. Not no fucking pansy ass double, double count, count out. out. But like I said, just for historical context that I was getting into earlier, um, World Class had left the NWA. So they were the, I think it was right around the time Rick Rude, right before Rick Rude became their champion. Um, and they they switched over to being the they they pretty much just made their themselves their own NWA and called it the World Class Wrestling Association. So they call their title a World Championship. Um, and one of the things that I was like I call bullshit was when when Bill Mercer said that uh, this was supposed to be Antonio Inoki challenging for the title here yeah. tonight. There was no goddamn way Antonio Noki was coming to wrestle for world class in 1987. No way. <laughs> well, he probably did, but then he saw the opening match was Black Bart and Jack Victory versus Matt Vord and Scott Casey, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> Black Bart? <laughs> I know I know Mark mentioned that um he didn't like the he wasn't satisfied by the finish, but the the finish, if you were gonna do a double count out, it was it was a cool finish. Like Kevin gets the claw on Nord, or Nord has Kevin up on his shoulder. And to counter that, Kevin gets the claw hold on John Nord, and then they go over the top rope, and uh then it's a double count out, they brawl. On the outside, and I, I don't know. I thought I thought my note here was funny, apparently, because I wrote LOL in capital letters. They brawl out by the wall at the stadium, and they brawl past the biggest dryer vent ever. <laughs> that thing looked like a gigantic dryer vent. I don't know. It was probably some kind of, like, uh, uh, irrigation thing or something that was sitting on the field. But I was like, that's the, big, <laughs> that's the biggest goddamn dryer vent I've ever seen. <laughs> probably was. <laughs> You should see the size of the pants. All right. But, yeah, I agree with Aaron on Kevin. Um, this is probably the best. This is probably overall the best best wrestling match on the show. And, and, and honestly, Kevin was the best Von Eric. He was. 
as far as like looks go and because I mean, okay I'll, I'll put a i'll put a i'll put a star next to it i'll put a star next to it we'll put it we'll put a star next to this an asterisk kevin is the best von eric since david died at 24 and we don't know what david would have become because david was pretty fucking good too and i'm not saying carrie wasn't i'm not saying carrie wasn't but out of all of the brothers kevin is my favorite yeah, and that that's vice versa on me for that because and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I, never, I, I never misspoke. Knew. I misspoke. Okay, we're talking about world class, and I said Carrie and not Curry. <laughs> well, that's Carrie, Kurt. Carrie for me, I never knew he didn't have but one fucking leg until I read that later on. Right. So like they did a damn good job of hiding that. I'm just saying, fucking Kevin, that dude, man. Oh, I agree. He was great. Fucking great. Now, had they not had the problems they had in their family, they'd probably be known as the best wrestling dynasty, but... Possibly, and and I would think I would honestly say Kevin would... if, If all of them still had all their heads, I think Kevin would still be the best one. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing that. It's just personally, my personal preference, I prefer Carrie over Kevin, but Kevin did do great shit. I'm not not discounting that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And and by saying Kevin's the favorite, I'm I'm in no way diminishing Carrie either because I was – Especially, I'm not mentioning any of them either. I didn't say you were, but (laughs) the the, especially in the moment, and Aaron, Aaron probably remembers just because we grew up together. Maybe not so much now, and I'm not dissing Carrie, but especially in the moment, man, I was a huge fucking Texas tornado fan as a kid. Indeed. I love the Texas Tornado. That was legitimately my first wrestling memory ever was watching that Texas Tornado versus the Warlord on, I think it was Rampage 92. It might have been 91, but I think it was 92. And that literally is what got me into wrestling. My mother bought that for me at a yard sale in Michigan City, Indiana. So, I mean... Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm not knocking Carrie. I'm not knocking Carrie, and I would say Carrie, even now, would probably be the bigger star. But he was yeah, Herculean, and, and David was probably the better, like all around technician talent, like with his, like with his promos and his like ability or whatever. But right. But Kevin was—I don't want to say it—he was charismatic. Yeah, like, like you know, you got Brad Armstrong, okay, and you got um, Jesse James Armstrong. Nate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got Brad, and you got Jesse over here, but then in the middle, you got Steve. You know what I'm saying? Kevin is Steve Armstrong. Like, he is all of it, all together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That might get too deep. I don't know. But that's that. That's what I think of Kevin Von Eric. 
but we can move on. The next match that we get into here, I am, I don't know, I don't know how uh, the majority of our listeners feel. Um, you could always send us a comment or what have you. I am not a fan of scaffold matches. Not only, not only are they uh, uh, ugly and not much happens, but they're dangerous and they don't need, they didn't, there's no reason for it. They're fucking boring. Now, the match we're ref- referencing on this show is the Rock and Roll RPMs and Eric Embry. I am a big Eric Embry fan. Versus the Fantastics and Steve Simpson. I like that whole team. I'm a Tommy Rogers fan. This has two of my favorite wrestlers ever. At. Eric Embry and Tommy fucking Rogers. And they're in a goddamn scaffold match. And I fucking hate every goddamn scaffold match I've ever seen. My only note on this was, I am not a fan whatsoever of these types of matches. No, it did did have a great start, though. The heels trying to escape and then having to climb back up. That was funny. That was funny. That was funny. (laughs) And that's how a scaffold match, I think, should go. Because, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I went to a match or or a card in Lima, and they were like, oh, we're going to have a scaffold match. And it was in Lima, Ohio. All right? And these two indie workers did the best scaffold match I'd ever seen. And it was Dusty Dillinger and this other guy. And what they did was dust this guy, Dusty Dillinger, was the was I got to look face. him up now. He was the face, and this other guy was the heel. And the heel came out, and Dusty Dillinger attacked him, okay, as he was walking out because he was so mad. So he attacked him. And they brawled and brawled and brawled. And the heel was attempting to escape from him. And they wound up onto the scaffold. And then Dusty threw him off of it. Yes. So the match took place not on the scaffold, but the finish took place on the scaffold. Yeah. Because the guy was trying to get away from him. So when they did that, that fucking made sense to me. But when they... When both teams like climb up and say, "Okay, we're the start here now," it's like that's fucking retarded. That's that's gump. I don't understand that. Yes, this again, like like we said, this there's not you don't really get to have notes on a match like this because, like Aaron said, nothing happens in a scaffold match. It's just a bunch of guys. uh, The powder spot. I didn't even enjoy it when the Road Warriors did it. No, I've never, I've never liked this the the theory or the this match. I, 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 I don't know. It comes from it comes from it came out. Of, I believe it came out of Memphis. I think Jerry Jarrett actually did the first one. Um, Good for him. But the the the, con, <laughs> the, con, the concept of it just Aaron said that so nonchalant. Good for him. <laughs> The concept of it just doesn't work and it doesn't translate into anything exciting whatsoever. And the whole time they're sitting there like, fuck, I hope I don't fall off this son of a bitch. 
yeah, they spend half they spend half the time on like on all fours, just like crawling around. Right. And, and on this match, <laughs> the whole Eric Embry thing where was he was the one that finally fell off. It was like you could watch him like as soon as his knees as soon as his feet hit, he just gives all his weight to his back. So yeah. his so, so his knees don't fucking break. Well he don't he don't want to get cornetted, you know? Right. <laughs> and blow out both knees. <laughs> That's the goal. Just don't cornet it. Um but yeah, like Aaron said, there was a powder spot to end the match. Eric Eric actually uh, Eric Embry accidentally gets the powder from Mike Davis. And then uh, he winds up going off the scaffold. And um, am I the only one that thought that Eric Embry somewhat looked like a younger Tommy Rich? Yeah, kinda, kinda. I'm I the mean, only one that thought that, Aaron. Thank you. To me, he let to me he resembles <laughs> he more he more resembles um, um, Doug Summers. <laughs> Doug Summers. <laughs> But Eric Embry, fuck! I'd rather give him credit for looking like Tommy Rich than Doug Summers. (laughs) Eric Embry does, and I don't know how much of him you have watched, Mark, but he does a great, he does a heel gimmick that is very rare. In that he doesn't do the chicken shit heel, he doesn't do the strong heel, he doesn't do the arrogant heel, he does the crybaby heel, and he is a great crybaby heel. And I hope that what I'm saying makes sense. But he literally would cry. <laughs> like there are times where he literally would sit in the ring and cry. I, I bet that's where Christian got the 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 inspiration for his crybaby gimmick. I ain't watched a whole hell of a lot of Eric Amber. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, this is pretty much probably the third match of his that, that I've seen. The first time I discovered him was was watching Global in the 90s when it was on ESPN when I was a kid. And then, obviously, as I've gotten older, I've gone back and watched a lot more. But he's a guy that I would definitely recommend to you being being younger than me um, that you haven't seen a lot of. I would recommend I would I would say I could recommend you go watch some Eric Embry and say that I'm not putting you on a wild goose chase for something good, you know? Oh, it's good shit. Eric Embry is like, how do I say it? Um, almost like an Eddie Gilbert type heel. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not gonna be—he's not gonna be the heel that's like Rick Rude, who's a badass, or even a Ric Flair, who's a oh, I'm this guy. Or like right. we were like we were discussing, well, off the air, Bret Hart, who's like smug, you know? Yeah, he's the—he's the chicken shit crybaby heel. <clears throat> Well, that puts a pin on the scaffold match. So we go to our last match on the show. It is Bruiser Brody. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But I always, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a fan of the guy as a wrestler. Jeez, but I like his, I, yes, I like his look. I like his look. He looks like a badass. And I, I don't know why, but I always thought it was so fun and so cool that they called him Mr. Jeep Swenson. Yeah, he looked like something that should have been in fucking uh, now, Predator with Jesse Ventura. Now, my question to you, Mark. Again, Montel- folks, this Montel- is... Montel- Montel- Bain. Bain. 
Montalo, Montalo, Bane, Bane. This guy played the original Bane. The yes, and the the uh, the match is Bruiser Brody and Jeep Swenson. My question for Mark, because I know Aaron already knows, but Mark, do you know where you may have seen Jeep Swenson? Not in a world class. Maybe when you were younger. Um. Uh, maybe Bane. Well, yeah, Bane. But I mean, in wrestling. Uh, not so much in wrestling. Uh, wait, do, hold do, on. Do you well, remember uh, Corporal Kirshner in them? No. Nope. He was do, the ultimate do, solution. Do you remember the Alliance to End Hulkamania? Uncensored 1996, where they brought Zeus in. Yeah, yeah. And he was this Z gangsta. This guy yeah. killed off. And this then guy. You had, he had that chody ass fucking face paint on. Yes. Well, remember the other. Remember the other guy, the really big white guy. Right. That, that was, was him. Deep Swenson. Yes. Yeah. This guy killed all the Jews. Yeah. Originally. <laughs> originally. Originally, he was supposed to be, or originally they referred to him as the final solution. And then somebody realized that that is what uh, Hitler called the, uh, the the concentration camps. So they changed it, I think, by the pay-per-view to the ultimate solution or something like that. But um, yeah, that was Jeep Swenson. Hmm. He killed all the Jews. But the uh, the summation of this match that I have is, sorry, the match is supposed to be a brawl, and that's what it is. And you wouldn't expect it to be anything else. I would. I didn't see Bruiser Brody and Jeep Swenson get in the ring and expect to see Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask. So for what it was, it was only about six minutes long. It was fine. I didn't mind it. Um, the only three. Notes I had on it was Bruiser Brody sold really well. Looked like Jeep about tripped over his own feet going for the chair. And the reaction to Brody winning was pretty great. Yeah. Um, and you can tell, you know when Bruiser Brody likes somebody when he's selling. Because Bruiser yeah. Brody didn't sell for anybody. He didn't, so he must have liked Jeep Swenson. And for those of you who have never seen it, you should go watch Bruiser Brody versus Lex Luger, and you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lex Luger left. Yeah. Like, nobody in the history of wrestling has ever just left. Left. <laughs> like, just be like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> have you ever seen that, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bruiser Brody and Lex Luger in a cage, and it doesn't go well. Brody was not in a working, he was not in a working, uh, cooperating match or uh, mood that evening. But he wasn't even the one. It's just like his opponent was just like, yeah, I'm going to go. So you said this is the last match, right? This was the last match on the, uh, the, the show, yes. See, I also saw Spike Huber versus The Eliminator. That is the only plus I one am I sorry. have here. I am sorry. I'm sorry you saw that. According yeah. to Wiki, according to Wikipedia, there was a match that none of us saw. Let me go back to that. It was like a and, the, and the only note I had on that was the lesson to learn from this match was helmet on, motherfucker. <laughs> because literally it had something to do with uh him having his helmet on as to why he didn't get fucked up whenever it was like a pile driver outside or something. 
Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So the lesson to learn from that match was a helmet on, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, in the case, other match. In case you were like me, any of you fans out there, and watch this shit on the actual the cock of the pee. <laughs> <laughs> there was apparently, let me see, I'm going to look at the card here. Um, actually, there were two matches none of us saw. Skip Young beat Brian Adias in a lumberjack match. I'm probably glad I didn't see that, but I did see that on the uh, Wikipedia. And uh, can't what? Adidas. <laughs> Candy <laughs> Divine defeated five other women wrestlers in a six woman mud pit match. Yeah, I was upset that I didn't get to see that. Now, you don't want to see that with 80s women's wrestlers. Oh, yeah, I do. With the bouffant <laughs> hair? You damn right. It's like Don, Don, Donna Cristinello Donna in the mud. Yeah, she was a cocktail waitress with a Dolly Parton wig. <laughs> I just think I blew up a mud pit match. <laughs> it was definitely a mud slide, huh? <laughs> well, re- retro... That that is it. That is world class championship wrestling parade of champions, nineteen eighty seven. It was terrible. Yep. It was a mudslide. And uh, and uh, retroactively, I would like to apologize to all of our listeners. This is the worst. For having to listen to this shit. <laughs> this is the worst fucking show we've ever done. Hopefully, our uh, opinions on this show was better than you actually going back and trying to watch this shit to see what the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, Candy. hey! They can't. They can't all be winners. They can't all be box office. <laughs> the, box office. Hey, any fucking show going forward is a winner <laughs> compared to this one. Well, next Candy. time around. Next time around. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm just saying it was like Candy Bovine and a mudslide ended it. What was it? Candy <laughs> Candy Divine. Yeah, candy, candy bovine in a mudslide. What is yeah, going with it? Candy bovine. It can't she get any worse. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> Next time around, we are going to do something that we don't normally do on this show enough: is talk about something a little more recent that Mark recommended that we review. It is a M- and I, I, it is an MLW Battle Riot. And um, what year was it from? Um, the first battle riot was because I've seen this. I've seen this because at this time I was still watching MLW. It's like I was telling Mark on our, on the side when we were talking about it. I watched MLW when MJF. Twenty eighteen. Okay, because I was watching January, MLW uh, when July nineteenth, twenty eighteen. I was watching MLW back when MJF and and Swerve Strickland were there and stuff. I just and it wasn't necessarily even at any point that I started disliking it. It just fell off my radar. Like, there's so much to watch all the time. Well, I mean, when AEW rated it, it kind of went a little more down the drain. Yeah, but that, I mean, it was It was like, yeah, it was AEW rating it mixed with COVID, you know, and it just kind of, I don't know. At the but, same time, though, they do have pretty good homegrown talent. And they do. They do. It's a good promotion. I just, like, again, I there's just so much, there's only so many hours, and I don't want to watch wrestling every hour of the day. So you have to pick and choose your battles. If you ever see the suplex assassin Alex, Alex Kane, uh, he actually used, he, he was actually used on a couple of our independent shows down here. So Ham, Hammerstone's really good. Yeah. Jacob Fatu's really good. Great look. And <laughs> Fatu with the stuff that he was doing with Mads Cruel Kruger, which is a local independent guy that 
a lot of people around here know. Um, they're they're uh, what was it? The Contra, yeah, whole thing that they had going on. Uh, Mads Cruel Kruger is a local from around here in Georgia, and and I actually have a ring worn piece of his. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. That one. Whenever we do go to talk about anything to do with him, that I can break out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to like when you brought it up, Mark, talking about watching the the MLW thing. I wasn't trying to say, oh, I don't watch. I was just trying to like not current shit or anything like that. <clears throat> There's a lot of current shit I like. I just don't talk about it a lot we don't talk about it a lot on here so it'll be fun to um dissect it and talk about it so that will be our next show mark do you have any parting words for our listeners here on the worst show we've ever done yeah i'm really sorry that you had to listen to uh our critique of this bullshit but I really enjoy doing this every week with you guys, and I look forward to doing next week on a show that I recommended, not just because I recommended it, just because the matches on it are pretty solid. Aaron? I don't, I don't know if you guys have already watched or not, but... I'll I, watch it probably tomorrow. I, I look forward to having something good to say. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll find a lot of fun things to say about it. And um, I have a, not even my show that I got going on is, which is the year that was dot, dot, dot. But I have like two things that I'm doing right now. I've been watching all the pay-per-views from the 90s from 90 to 99 and I'm finding all of the best fucking pay-per-view matches from those and I'm almost done and I'm going to narrow it down to the best 100 best pay-per-view matches from the 90s and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to dwindle that down but something that um I might be wrong, but did we find, did, did Archie bring up something where like, we're going to be like, oh, what the fuck did we just watch? Yes. At some point. Yeah. At some point, there's a thing on Peacock that we all have to watch. And it is the Teddy Hart documentary. Have you guys watched this? No. On Peacock? Holy fucking shit. Yeah, I have. You talking about the uh Teddy Hart where he has all the cats and all that? Yeah. Nate, if you have not watched that, you have to fucking watch it. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with this human being? <laughs> well, I will check it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty compelling. I'll be honest. I was I was thoroughly intrigued. He's he's like tarted heart. Yeah, he is definitely <laughs> of all the hearts. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But anyway, 
I'm sorry I did that. If anybody watching, I apologize. Nobody's watching. This is starving pygmies in New Guinea and all that shit, like Lady Kobe said. Podcast. Nate can edit out talking about fucking Tartar Heart. But I want to thank everybody that listened to this show. Listen to um, the year that was dot dot dot. Listen to what the arch is cooking. Listen to Reliving the Extreme. Listen to the Indie Spotlight. Listen to all this shit because we're all busting our asses and trying to give you guys good shows to listen to because most wrestling podcasts suck because they just suck off some fucking dude they already know. And we're not sucking each other off. We're just having fun. And that's what it's all about. If we have fun doing this, I hope you guys have fun listening to this. Absolutely. And uh, you now get the opportunity sometimes to watch our ugly mugs as well, because I'm going to end the show by plugging our WrestleNet Radio podcast YouTube page. All you got to do is check out our search for WrestleNet. That's one word, radio podcast network on YouTube. And we have a show on there that is exclusively to YouTube. That the first episode of it is up there now, and I think it turned out really well. Uh, when we are going the magazine wrestling, going cover to cover on old school wrestling magazines. So if you're an old school fan and like us, you like the magazines back when you were a kid, back in the day, looking through the magazines. That is what we were. We are doing. The first episode we covered uh, sports review wrestling from February of 1986. And uh, we had some fun doing it, and it was great, and uh, it was it was a fun journey down memory lane. So please check that out again, WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network on YouTube for some video content exclusively on the YouTube page. And while you're there, subscribe. That's all you got to do. That being said, I'm going to sign off this week here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we will see you next week as we will be covering Battle Riot 2018 from Major League Wrestling. Have a great week, everybody.